0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles.
1: I'm back. Greg's back. Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Episode 7042. At least it feels that way. <laughs> uh, let's start with Sam Newton. Uh, he, he had a lot to say this week. Uh, I Am Athlete podcast. He visited his buddies, Brandon Marshall and, and Ocho Cinco and had a lot to say. Let's first start off with the idea of Cam coming back. He sounded open to it. Would he take a one-year deal? Yes, hell yes. He said he's, you know, getting tired of change. He would come back absolutely. He was asked if uh, they had been talking. He said, I can't say that. So first things first, your thoughts on Cam being open to a return, your thoughts on the possibility of Cam returning.
0: Okay, well, first thing, him being open to a return? of <laughs> That should be totally expected because yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't exactly see anybody beating down his door to get him a job. So you have to keep that in mind. And, and also Nick, I don't under, I, I don't know how you feel about it. And, and Zanis and I sort of talked about it last week. um, When you were gone about to me and, and listening to Boston sports talk radio and, you know, you see the Twitter mentions, you know, anytime anybody brings up cam, it seems to me that cam has now become like the boogeyman sort of like one of these topics, like in politics where you can, that that's used as a wedge issue or something like that to basically panic people. Um, It's almost like, it's almost like Boston sports talk radio has turned into Fox news where it's like, you know, they're just trying to use cam Newton to get people all riled up so that they call in and they yell and this and that. And, and look, I, it, like, I think the most telling quote in that, Nick, or exchange in that interview, first of all, I thought the interview was highly entertaining. I liked all of it. Some of it was weird. The Aaron Hernandez stuff was weird and somewhat disturbing. But when, when I forget who it was, I think it was Brandon Marshall because he was like, oh, I got to do my job. But he's like, Is there a chance he could return or that you could return? There's always a chance for everything. Are they talking? I can't say that. To me, that was the most significant part because, and if you saw the look on Cam's face, it was basically a look of, they haven't called me. Like, I haven't heard from them. Like, you know, I can't – you know, if 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 there were conversations going on, and there were you know possibility where him and Bill had discussed, look, we're gonna try for X, Y, and Z. If it doesn't happen, then we want you back. There might have been a little grin or a little wink or something like that. There wasn't anything like that in that sequence, and to me, that told you really where the Patriots are with Cam Newton, which is basically yeah, Cam's coming back and he's starting this campaign a little bit because he now looks at the landscape and says, I don't know who's going to want me back. He even, when they brought up Washington, he perked up a little bit with, you know, riverboat, you know, <laughs> he, he's, he's trying hard yeah. to me. And so that's where I came out of it. I did not come out of it. And of course, you know, the, 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 the pearl clutchers around here and things like that, or just like, oh, no, I'm really fearful now. Camp's going to come back. Like, people just need to really. Has it always been possible? Yes. Do I think it's any more possible after this interview? No, unless you want to really believe that Bill Belichick is so egotistical that the only thing he really cares about is whether the quarterback is going to take his salary, uh, uh, expose his platitudes and kisses ass all the time Uh, if you believe that then maybe but outside of that to me nothing has changed
1: yeah I feel like Cam is polarizing because of how he played last year lightning rod kind of topic and I understand what you're saying about Boston Sports Talk Radio and the idea of kind of throwing it out there and getting a reaction and, and having a feel for how people kind of view this entire landscape within the Patriots organization and what they're going to do at quarterback. But I've looked at this the same way from the very beginning, Greg, when the season ended, could Cam return? Sure. Anything is possible to quote KG. If the the, the Patriots swing and miss over and over and over again for other quarterbacks, and it's a break glass in case of an emergency, Yeah, Cam could come back and he could compete with another quarterback, whether that's a rookie, whether it's Stidham, whether it's another veteran like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know how it would unfold, but when you're in the Patriots position, you have to keep all of the doors open. You've got to say, yeah, you know, if, if everything goes wrong, they could have A to Z listed on their whiteboard right now, and Cam is like Y or Z, and they say, yeah, could Cam come back? Of course, because he's on the whiteboard. But we have 24, 25 other options. Of course, they don't have that many, but they could sit there and say, well, no, we like Mac Jones. If he's there at 15, we pick Mac Jones. No, we want Jimmy Garoppolo. If he springs free from San Francisco, boom, we're in on him. Marcus Mariota, a lot of smoke around Mariota last week or two. Yep. Mayoc relationship. If he's available, we'd rather have Mariota than Cam. So I think it's really context, and it's some reporters using certain semantics you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, Giardi went on WEEI a week or two ago and said 35, 40%. I think that rattled some cages. That that seems like a high percentage for some people saying, oh, 35 to 40%. So you're telling me it's almost 50-50. I don't know if it's 35%, I don't know if it's 10%. Yeah. I think there's a shot. I don't think it's very likely. Uh, moving forward with Cam in this interview, uh, something riled you up regarding yeah. Cam. And his COVID comments, there were a lot, and and I know you'll get into most of them, but I just want to read a little bit of a blurb. Cam talking about COVID, its effect on him, its effect on the offense, et cetera. He said, quote, a lot of that discomfort came pre-snap. I've always valued my talents as something that's the improv. Like, I'm going to make a play. I know how to make a play in this system. It dictates by certain things and working extra with Josh. He went on and on and on. What was your main issue with Cam talking about COVID and how it affected his role within this offense, Greg?
0: Yeah, and and, and a lot of my issues when uh, you know and he kept going on and on about this because obviously yeah. he was in excuse making mode, um, you know maybe him and Belichick aren't. All that dissimilar, and and, and considering that's what both of them were doing last season, but it 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 related to the COVID test because you know Brandon Marshall is how many times is he going to say how many times is Brandon Marshall going to say fifteen for seventy five? Like, all right, we get it. He rushed fifteen times for seventy five yards in the opener when nobody knew what the hell the Patriots' offense was going to look like because there was no preseason and there was no film. All right, Right. we got it. It doesn't mean anything, Brandon. God, I can't believe he gets paid (laughs) to analyze football. (laughs) <laughs> then, then it's like week two seattle he goes on and on about that and then they're like you know he's on top of the world and blah 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 and then COVID hits and what happened with COVID? and cam goes into this long explanation about driving from you know i'm from atlanta georgia you know which he kept saying over and over again and he was even poking fun at himself which i liked but you know just like i say i'm from boston a lot you know it's that that happens but so Cam says I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm driving to Florida, blah blah blah. The whole highway analogy, where it's like we're all going, we're driving together, two cars, and then I get COVID, which is basically me stepping off, getting gas, uh, being in the uh, go, going to get something to eat. I get back on, I'm behind, and I'm behind the whole rest of the way. Like this is what I had an issue with, and he talked about it. You know that he was stagnant for a week, two weeks, and blah blah blah. Now the ter- he came back, to termini terminology is different. Like, you know, what are we talking about here? First of all, I don't even, during that time, I don't think the Patriots practiced all that much. I think they practiced once in that two weeks that Cam was out. Um, Second of all, um, if they weren't already in, uh, I forget what the term was called, but basically like high danger protocol, which is what the NFL went to very quickly, probably before the midpoint of the season, where they made all meetings remote, I think the patriots were remote during that time because of the fear of covid with that that a couple of guys had tested positive so they went to high danger protocols where everything was remote right. so what exactly did cam miss in that time plus he has jed fish which i forget what his nickname is for him um he jed fish is the quarterback's coach if cam had any issues or needed to be coached up on anything jed fish is to is there to do that let alone his his relationship with Mickey D's and how he loves Mickey D's. Like, I don't th- this is just excuse making. I don't understand what he missed during two weeks, where all of a sudden the terminology went from all right, we're doing basic math to now we're doing trigonometry. Like that did not happen. So what the hell is he talking about? But I at least I will say, Nick, at least he acknowledged what we've talked about for a while, and that the reason why it's hard for him to be the quarterback, Patriots quarterback this past season and going forward, is that he doesn't win pre-snap. He admitted he was becoming confused pre-snap. He wasn't even ready before the snap, which was the problem in the second half of the season, which leads to all the issues in this offense. At least he acknowledges it, but I don't know if that's fixable because his excuse is straight-up BS. So if that's the case, how does it get better if he comes back?
1: Yeah, and he just – it seems like he kind of – doesn't want to go full throttle, taking responsibility and accountability. Like he'll sprinkle it in and say, you know, I could have done this better. But ultimately he does always have caveats and the caveat is, well, Hey, COVID terminology change. And I don't think, I don't think any of that is what happened. Honestly, I don't think Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick went into the next game after he missed Kansas city was, that was Denver, right? I don't think they go into that Denver week and say, oh, well, okay, Cam, you just came back from COVID, so here's a bunch of new plays, yeah. and here's a bunch of new terminology. It doesn't make any sense. It, no. It absolutely zero sense. As, as a matter of fact, it would make more sense if they kind of took a step back and maybe reverted to some of the stuff that they covered originally because they want to make Cam, as he comes back from COVID, more comfortable. I, I just can't imagine them throwing new equations at Cam when he comes back from you know, an absence, it it just, it it doesn't add up to me at all. Uh, By by the way,
0: Nick, one thing I did want to bring up, because I didn't put this in my column, but I did, because it it just something you just said triggered it. Um, You know, I think the bigger issue with Cam this past year, after listening to some of their conversation was he's too heavy, 250 pounds for a guy that wants to use his legs. And he says he's trying to lose 20. Like Ocho was right in that conversation. Like he needs to be around 220. Like, and if he's a vegan and he's 250 and all that stuff, like, something's wrong there. Like, no wonder he had issues and he looked lumbering and laboring running the ball after about week two. Like, he can't play that way. He's got to play a lot lighter than that. And maybe that gives him a little bit of a chance. But sorry, that was just a tangent to something.
1: No, I, I mean, it's about. a good point because, you know, when he signed, I think when he signed the video that came out, I'm pretty sure one of the, Storylines of like him, yeah, was was that he was losing weight? That that was one of the mm-hmm. ideas that you know he was vegan. Now he was trimmed down. He wasn't as big as he used to be, but he was pretty big. And 250? I, yeah, he is pretty big. And I agree with you. I agree with Ocho. Like if you're going to run and you're going to play that style of football, like you don't have to look like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is almost too wiry uh, to, for that yeah. position as much as he runs. But Russell Wilson, I think, is a good mm-hmm. comment Russell Wilson is, is shorter by five or six inches than Cam. Yeah. But if you see Russell Wilson, a lot of his weight is in his thighs, like almost running back thighs kind of kind of deal, the quads, you know, big quads. And he's a bigger dude, but he's he's not lumbering like you said. He can carry his weight. I think you've got to look more like Russell Wilson versus you know what he looked like this past year. One last thing I do want to mention about the interview, and, and I love when this stuff comes out because I think Belichick is so misconstrued. Because of yep. how he handles the media, you know, Belichick's up there. Mm-hmm. And people always make the mistake, you know, oh, he he must be miserable in life, and he blah blah, blah. And, and people tend to believe the Belichick that you see at press conferences after losses or wins uh, is the Belichick that you get on a sunny Saturday in the summertime. And and I, I enjoyed Cam, and I always enjoy when guys say, "No, listen, you don't really know Belichick because it's a peek behind the curtain," and I just, I like the idea of, no, he's as as Cam said, he's dope. He's dope. He's a, like he he does relate to the players more than people expect. He doesn't have fun. It's not a big circus like Bruce Arians. And, and yeah, when it's when it's football time, it's grind. It's an everyday thing. And, you know, no days off and all that stuff and do your job. But he does relate to these guys and he does crack jokes and he is a human being and he does laugh every once in a while. And I just I, I do enjoy kind of breaking that facade of of what people think Belichick is 24/7, 365.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and um, you know I just think it's interesting about you know Belichick. The thing that I took away from that and and I thought Cam, I thought Cam did a good job of explaining what the Patriot Way was to him and how it's different and how he really he liked it and he embraced it because he is a worker. I do wonder. And look, the results speak to, for themselves. So I guess it's okay. But I do wonder, especially going forward, with uh, today's athlete, and and trust me, even me as a youth coach, I'm um, <laughs> just in my, my time coaching youth sports, and probably the last, let's see, my kids are now 14. Probably in the last like eight years or something like that, you've seen a change in the in the kids and the parents, and let alone 20 years or what have you. Yeah. But um, you know, it's. The grind, the length of the grind, and just—I I, look the the results are there, and they 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 must be great, and they are great. But you know the mental grind, the every day, and I and we have heard some some people talk about this, and I think even Brady's alluded to it. But like you know that's tough, and and I think you could do it for three or four year stretches. Longer than that is tough, but, like, the day-in, day-out grind where you have to – and Cam talked about it – having to be at a championship level every single day, that's a lot. And yeah. and I just I just wonder if going forward towards the end of Belichick's career, whether that is going to continue, especially without Brady there. We'll see. But well, anyways, that was just a thought I had.
1: No, I think it's a really good point. And I do think it takes a certain individual – to yeah. be able to embrace what Belichick does for a long time period. I think, uh, like you said, you can get away with it for a couple of years, three, mm-hmm. but then eventually it kind of bears down and wears you down a little bit, and eventually you say, okay, I, I, I get it. And I think that happened with Gronk, for sure. Yep. Uh, I'm not buying that it happened so much with Brady. I think Gronk yep. absolutely – I think Brady would have been able to, you know, stand the heat, so to speak, if he was given the contract extension that he wanted. Uh, yep. It is, it is uh, tag day today. It begins yep. – The madness begins offseason. I'm excited for this offseason. I think we're going to see a ton of movement, not just with New England, but, you know, everywhere in the NFL. Uh, You get that feel. A lot of things are going to happen. A lot of things have already happened. I mean, you had two franchise quarterbacks traded already. We expect Deshaun Watson to be moved eventually here within the next couple of months. Uh, The draft is exciting, but it all starts today with the tag. And we start with the Patriots. We start with Joe Tooney. Is there any way on God's green earth, Greg, that Tooney gets franchised again.
0: You know, that's interesting, Nick, because I'm, I'm probably going to write a column today on it because I've just, and I think you and I have alluded to it before. Um, actually, I know we have. Uh, I, something's just bothering me about this, that like, look, it basically comes down to this. Um, either Belichick wasted $15 million this past year on tagging Joe Tooney for no reason, and he lets him go. He doesn't tag him, or he doubles down and and tries to get something more than maybe an immediate. So basically, if they would have let him walk last year, which what is what they should have done, and I know there were reports at the time that the Patriots tagged Tooney to give a signal to Brady, and maybe that's true, maybe that's not. I don't know, but. They should have let him go last year, which would have led to a third round comp pick this coming year or this offseason. So, the only way that is still, even if they they, say they tag and trade Tooney right now and they get a third round pick for him, all right. So, all right, they got the same draft pick conversation, but you still wasted 15 million dollars, right, to get there, which you could have had this year, you could have, like, we've talked about. Instead of tagging Joe Tooney, you signed Marcus Mariota last year to what the Raiders did or even a a, a better contract as far as the Patriots go. They could have gotten a tight end, you know, what have you. But I I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't see Bill Belichick just doing what he did last year and just basically being like, all right, I just hope everybody ignores the fact that I just wasted $15 million last year and – we have one less third-round pick this year. We're going to get it next year, but let's just everybody ignore that fact. I just, I don't know. I unless, unless Belichick really did act rationally last year and try to entice Brady, it doesn't make any sense to me why Belichick did what he did last offseason and putting the tag on him for $15 million and then this year just to let him go. It doesn't make any sense.
1: It wouldn't really add up. And if you're going to, franchise him again I can't imagine you're going to franchise him back-to-back years and have him play. It'd be the-
0: about 18 million dollars just so people know yeah, out there a little exactly. less about 17.8 something
1: I mean, that would make even less sense because if yeah. that's the thought, then you should have just given him the extension last year and have him for four or five years if you're going to give him you know 30 plus million guaranteed or whatever the hell it's going to end up being so I just uh, it doesn't make sense financially uh, I can't imagine that they're going to tag Tooney again unless they're going to tag him to try to gain some leverage to work on a long-term extension or to tag him to gain an advantage, to try to trade him to a team that needs an offensive lineman. I think it'd be interesting. And I'm just kind of thinking about this right now. There's been a lot of talk about Marcus Mariota and yep. the Raiders need interior offensive line help. So uh, I, not you know, really. Well, I, I, well, according well, to my,
0: I will say they need a, if incognito comes back, they need a right guard, uh, yeah. Gabe Jackson, I think, is a free agent. They do need yeah. a right card, but their offensive line has been a strength, just a legend. You
1: know. Well, know. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that. I, I don't oh, think yeah. they were necessarily strong on the interior this year. I think Incognito is fading a little bit. I would not be surprised if they cut incognito to save a little bit of money, as a matter of fact, with their cap situation. Could happen, yep. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I could see something like that where Belichick says, okay, we're going to tag Tooney to try to move him to teams that need help, right? Whoever that would be. Would it be, you know, Washington or Chicago? Pick a team that needs offensive line help. Uh, I could see that happening. The only thing I will say, and I I was reading this, and I I think it was Jeff Howe. I I was reading; It was a really good point because I've been in the camp with, hey, listen, sign David Andrews. $9 Nine million or so per year, uh, maybe let him go out there, see what's on the market. He comes back, he gets a good deal from the Patriots. He's a leader. He's good at what he does. But then I was reading. I think it was how and just the you know the versatility of Tooney. I don't think we can overlook that. I, I do think that's something that Belichick says to himself. Okay, yeah, he's a guard, and you know we don't want to necessarily overpay a guard. But he's a guard that could play center in a matter of seconds, as we saw this past year in emergency duty, we can put him at center. We can swing him around that offensive line. So I do wonder if that puts a little bit of extra value on Tooney for Belichick, but I just don't think he's going to be tagged. Um, other guys that we can look at here. And I, I want to look at the ones because we only got a few minutes left. I want to look at the ones that I think could affect the Patriots. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't think Shaq Barrett's going to affect the Patriots, um, you, you know, getting, if he gets tagged or not with Tampa, Chris Godwin could be an interesting one, Uh, but wide receivers. Let's throw Godwin into the wide receiver market with uh, Galladay, Allen Robinson, Will Fuller. Uh, Greg, do you think the Patriots are players for any of the upper echelon top tier wide receivers? Uh, This group? No, I think that, I think that Godwin gets tagged
0: by the bucks. I think that Galladay gets tagged by the lions. I think that Robinson gets tagged by the bears Will Fuller, I think, will be allowed to become a free agent, but uh, he's not what the Patriots need, and he's an he's an injury headache all the time. His hamstrings <laughs> never healthy. Um, and then you get into the 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 tight ends. Nick, um, yeah. Jonu Smith in Tennessee. I the love rumors John. out of there is that he's going to be tagged, and Hunter Henry. Uh, I think this would be the se- <laughs> I think this would be the second tag for him. Wasn't he tagged last year, or am I um, smoking? I don't know but if he anyways,
1: though they came to terms on a one-year deal, he might have been tagged.
0: Okay, but I the the rumors out of the Chargers are that Henry will also be tagged. I mean, this is part of the reason why I don't go go nuts over free agency until it's time, because there's so much wasted energy on guys who don't even hit the market. And yeah. you know, we'll have to see what happens. But um, I I think a lot of those guys are going to be retained by their teams. And uh, I do – one one name on that list that I gave you, Nick, that I think is interesting is Ngakwe with the Ravens. Yeah. Um, the Ravens have Ngakwe and Juden. Both are – I think both of them are, are, are going to become free agents. I don't think they're going to tag either of them. Um, I think they're basically going to offer them both the same deal and see which one takes it. And so they'll retain one of them. Um, I just, I know, I know Belichick loves Ngakwe. Um, I remember the joint practice that they had with the Jaguars last time they, they did that, um, more than a few years ago. And I just remember Belichick just like talking forever with Ngakwe. And I didn't even know who the hell – this was before Ngakwe was even, like, a household name as an outside pass rusher. And I was like, who the hell is Bill talking to? And I noted I wrote it down, Yannick Ngakwe. Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he has, like, 15 sacks. I'm like, oh, well, that's who he is. And so uh, that's one of the names on that list that I that I think is interesting for the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would hurt if if Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry both were tagged. Yep. Um It'll be interesting. Uh, the Titans also have Corey Davis. I don't think they're going to, you know, be worried about him as much because they have A.J. Brown as their number one receiver. They probably see Davis as at least the number two kind of a, a, an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. Davis put together a good season this year. Uh, I do like Janu though, and I, I was thinking, you know, everybody was, has been talking about Hunter Henry. I have had my eyes on Janu, thinking they might be able to get him for about $8 million. Henry might yep. cost you 11 to 12 million. And, and I think Smith brings a lot to the table, but if Tennessee does tag him, that would hurt chargers tagging. Henry would hurt. Now you're looking at Jared cook, maybe a couple of other options that are out there. Uh, Eifert, you know, maybe Zach Ertz gets released. If, if Philly can't trade him, Kyle Rudolph, yep. those are the names you're looking at instead of, you know, two of the premier guys that would be available. So that would stink. Uh, Leonard Williams is also interesting with the giant, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be top dollar kind of guy. I'd be surprised if the giants uh, walk away from him. I feel like they'll get an extension done. And you know, the other names, Trey Hendrickson, I think is going to stay with the saints. Uh, Bud Dupree is coming off of a significant injury. So who knows what that what's going to happen with him. Hassan Reddick is, is kind of interesting to me for the Cardinals. Uh, He's a part-time player for most of the season. Then they started to play him a little bit more and he started to produce. He's an edge, kind of a pass rush guy he's almost I don't know maybe I'm way off base here but he would kind of remind me of like a Josh Uche I think you need somebody I agree who might be a little bit stronger on the edge
0: yeah. yeah somebody with a little bit longer longer arms longer legs like sort of you know hold the edge there Reddick's a little bit more even though Uche does have long arms that's why he plays taller than he is but Reddick does not have the same arm length that Uche does
1: yeah. Uh, let's jump to the bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day. Check them out at BSJ 11 cents a day on their annual plan. You get top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports. Of course, if you're a Pat's junkie, you get a membership at BSJ. gives you access to a ton of video analysis. Badar does on the coaches' film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Long Sam has a question for you. Uh, could it be that next season, Greg, we're watching not Jimmy Garoppolo, but Josh Rosen and Cam. <laughs>
0: I don't completely rule it out, uh, but you know I will say this about Garoppolo, and from talking to people around the team um, the past couple of weeks, I mean, do are they are they hoping that um, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, comes free and comes back? Uh, absolutely. Uh, do uh, do do they have any feelings as to whether that's going to happen or not? Um, no they are they're in the same boat as everybody else like they they're watching to see it's all dependent on whether the 49ers can find some way to upgrade over Garoppolo and i think um, from from talking to a few people around the league i think you know you're looking at um, they would probably make a run at watson uh, i think sam darnold might but here's the thing even if they get sam darnold nick that doesn't preclude them from also hanging on to Jimmy. Like it could be, it could very well be a situation where it's like, all right, well, we want to see what, um you know, how much of a reclamation project is Sam Darnold? You know, maybe they sort of help each other in terms of, you know, Jimmy and his, his injury history. Darnold gives them a solid more solid backup. You know, they're in a competition let's see what happens. And then maybe you get in a situation where closer to the season, maybe they trade Garoppolo, um, you know, what have you, or at the trade deadline, something like that, if Darnold wins the job, but uh, you know, some of the, if they get a Darnold, I don't think that precludes the, the 49ers from um, hanging on to him. So I don't think that's a guarantee, but I, I do think that Uh, Josh Rosen, first of all, I think he's under contract with the 49ers. Basically, the 49ers are hoarding all the quarterbacks. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, even the Patriots don't know. And that's why you don't hear anybody eliminating anything, including Cam Newton. Uh, We're just going to have to see how this plays out. And there's a long ways to go. I know people are getting antsy. And they look at Hunter Henry's comments where he says, Well, you know, I want to go where I'm going to get paid and also where there's a good quarterback and they start to get nervous and they clutch their pearls and all this stuff. Um, That's not really going to matter, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, there, there are very few, even Hunter Henry probably won't even hit the market. There are very few free agents that can say, all right, well, I'm going to pick and choose what I'm going to do because I've already made money or I've already won a title or what have you. Good point. There are very few guys like that. So don't worry about any of that stuff. Really, it's going to come down to the contract that they are offered, and then the, the, the free agents will, will choose. So don't worry about the quarterback position. Have some patience. I know last season sucked, but just relax and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and the Jets are fascinating because the domino effect yes. of the decision that they make, they could draft a guy at two, they could trade for Watson, they could keep Donald and just be happy. Same thing with Miami at three. They can keep Tua. They can draft a quarterback at three, or they can trade for Watson. Those two teams are going to have a lot of say as far as where we go with the quarterback position. And and Darnold is especially interesting because whoever trades for him, first of all, what are you trading? You know, I I know over the last couple of days it's been thrown out there that the Jets believe they could get a a second-round pick for Darnold. If you're giving up a second-round pick and maybe – something else along with that for Darnold. If you're giving up that kind of package, you've got to play him this year because you have to make a decision on his 50 year option. And you've got to see, you know what he is and how he, you got to understand who you have, you know, and if you if you give up a second round pick, you got to play that guy. You, you Donald's not one of those, you know, trade and stash players and say, all right, well, we'll figure it out down the road. You know, maybe this year we'll have a, a veteran in there and a mentor and then Donald will come. No, you, you got to play that dude right away to see what you have and then make your decision. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how all of that comes together. And it's just a bigger part of just a quarterback vortex that is happening with the NFL. There's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. There's only a few guys available. And, you know, you got Watson. you got the draft picks. You've got Donald and Tua. There's a lot of, lot of questions. And I'm sure uh, during this offseason we're going to answer them. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Everybody, hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, be safe, be good. We'll talk to you soon.